Welcome back to the Boneyard Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Jared Sheffitt, along with my two Buenos friends. Artie, you're like trilingual. Is that right? Buenos friends. Buenos amigos. You tell me, man. You tell me. I don't know. Because you speak what? Spanish and French? I, I speak a little bit of everything. Portuguese, Mandarin, a little bit of everything. I'm worldwide. I'm international. Already worldwide. Don't ask, me, don't ask me to give you an example. Already worldwide, and uh, I'm here with Already Worldwide and and Chance Scott. Boys, it's been what three weeks since we've recorded. Yes. We recorded back to back episodes. Got them both out. We took a week off, celebrated America's independence, and uh, and we're back. We're back like we never left. We're here with A plus content, and uh, yeah, we're, we're we're proud to be here. the The Boneyard Podcast, the premier podcast of Pirate Nation, is a proud member of the Variety Sports Network and Variety Sports Collegiate. Um, guys, how we doing? Great, Artie. Good. Good. Chance. I mean, so, Chance, you, you know how it goes. Chance, so did you just buy a house? Where, like, is pretty much it's kind of still waiting to do last inspections and all that. So we're right there at the end. Is, is it in Kinston? It's gonna be. It's pretty much right where I am now. It's in like Eureka, Stansburg. It's like twenty minutes from Wilson. It's like the best way to explain it. Gotcha. Okay. I, for some reason, I, th- I thought you were in Kinston, um, but that that's. Meach is not knowing where where our intern lives. Um, hey, that's big boy moves, though. Congratulations on that. Yes. That is that's Thank major. You, Thank awesome. y'all. Or, Artie, we Thank have y'all. an intern that is getting married and buying a house. What are you doing with your life? I'm, I'm kidding. You and Ashley are you and Ashley are, are, are gonna be there soon enough. And better than good. Um Thank you. But yeah, one thing that I didn't realize, and maybe this uh, is something we can do starting on the podcast again. Artie and I are back in the same city, the Trey Folk, Winston Salem. Artie dropped that little bit of knowledge at, at my daughter's baptism, uh, and I was like, I had no idea. So um, I guess we need to talk more, Artie. But yeah, things are good here. We, we took Scarlet to the beach, hated it. She she hated the water, um, as babies do. But, um, all right, guys, let's let's get into it. Do y'all have a number fifty three? Ooh, I didn't even look up a number this week. I ain't gonna lie to you. I do not have a fifty three. Yep. Wait. Neither of y'all have one. I found I'm, them earlier. Just went through. Yeah, I found one earlier. I I got one. Chance, I'm going to let you go first because mine's a little more off the wall this week. Okay, yeah. Mine is a linebacker from Green Bay Packers um, named Fred Carr. Played, let's see how many years. Computer's going slow. He played multiple years. He was an all-time linebacker for the Packers. You know, great for the North. Don't know much about him. I mean – did we lose chance? We lost chance. Oh, we lost chance. <laughs> uh, 
Oh no. Frederick hey, Carr. Green Bay Packers. Hey, we lost chance. <laughs> okay, well. We're, we'll down, we're down two interns now. Um And it looks like the old days are here. It's the original two. Yeah, the OGs of, of the Boneyard podcast. But um Chance was talking about Frederick Carr. I'm gonna Internet. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and welcome back, Chance. I'm gonna go ahead and give mine um to move things along. Ooh. All right, Chance, do you wanna do you would you <laughs> like to finish? You you got the show, man. I, I don't know this guy for nothing. Okay. <laughs> you know well, this guy? No. <laughs> yeah. I I, I I don't keep up with the Packers. Um <laughs> me neither. <laughs> Artie's like, cut that shit out. Um, Mine is a big time star in 1968. All right. Have y'all ever heard of Herbie the Love Bug? (laughs) Yeah. Herbie the Love Love Bug, uh, a movie that came out in 1968. It's a it's a sports drama about racing. Um, it's that a punch bug. A movie right there. A Volkswagen Beetle. Yeah. Herbie the Love Bug was uh, the number 53 Volkswagen Beetle. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's my 53. It's a little bit off the wall, but. I'm going to give you props, though, Jared. That was actually really good. That was that was an original. Like, I would have never thought of that. That was That was good right there. I mean, I've got two out of the last three that are pretty, like, 1968, yeah. year my mom was born too, so shout out 68. Good looks on you for knowing when your mom was born. I have no idea when my parents were born. You don't know the year? No, sometime in the 70s. The That's I mean, The year is easy. I my, get the actual date, but... My mom, I believe, was 1974 because she's she was 20 years old when I was born, but turned 21 shortly after. Like three weeks after I was born. Okay. So, and then I think my dad, nineteen seventy one, if I had to guess, he he listens to the podcast. Oh, Believe so it or not, like you said, your mom was twenty when you were born. Twenty when I was born. So if you were born, so if she was born in seventy four, that means you would have been born in ninety four. You're not a ninety four baby. Yeah, but she turned twenty one when she turned twenty one when I was three weeks old. Okay, I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. That's what you're saying. So that that's how that, that that's how that's how numbers work, Artie. Um, hey, look, I'm just I'm just like, hold on, twenty and twenty, seventy four to ninety four. You you are younger than me. I'm older, so let's try to put that together real quick. All right, chances back once again. <laughs> My God, third time's a charm. Hey, look, chances um, playing. Got this time. Oh man, sorry. That hat hurts my head. Um, guys, it, it, we're recording this thing at ten o'clock at night. Um, yeah. But I hey, think this well, this might this might this might be a new thing for us. Recording late at night. I got a baby. Already works late. Might just be a thing for us. Um, but guys, let's get into it. Uh, let's see here. EC baseball, the post draft. Uh, two guys taken in the draft, Josh Gross and uh, Tyler Bratt. 
uh, Gross was taken in the 11th round by the Yankees. Bratt was taken in the 16th round to the Cards. Two teams that love to love to pick up Pirates. Um, Chance, your thoughts? Um, I was not shocked at all by Gross going. Um, I expected him to go a little bit earlier, but I think you know people seeing you know it's kind of up and downs, and I think that kind of had a thing to do with it. But Tyler Brock was an absolute surprise to me. Dude has some nasty stuff, but just didn't have a lot of innings at ECU. Um, I think he's gonna do well in the minors. It's gonna help him get a lot more constant innings and constant work. I think it's gonna be good for him. And I think the biggest shock of all was that Big Crank didn't even get drafted. But you know, the podcast. he got to sign. Yeah. He got to sign his deal. So I think that was pretty good for him. He got to kind of pick where he wanted to go. Um, I heard he signed for pretty good money. So, I mean, I think it was good a good draft for all of our guys. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of surprised that that Josh Moyland didn't didn't go. Um, I, I thought he I thought he would at least be picked up in the fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth round. Um, I thought somebody would at least take a, a flyer on him, but oh well. The, the Yankees picked him up and and signed him as an undrafted free agent, and I mean he's going to eat that short porch up. I mean just going to eat it up. Um, it well that is if he stays a Yankee. Oh, oh, I mean that bat will that bat will play um, for sure. So, but really the the. One of the bigger things, I mean, it sucks to lose Moylan, but you're you're bringing in Bristol Carter, who mm-hmm. turned down multiple offers, and he's already on campus. First reported, first uh, place he went was Cliff Godwin's office. You love that. Guy, guy yeah, I mean the guy the guy wanted wants to be a pirate, and we lost chance again. So. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'll speak to the Bristol Carter thing. I mean, that, that's what happens when you have a legitimate program, though. When you, get, when you can turn down big-time offers like that because you're going to a big-time program in ECU, um, that's that speaks a lot. That's You know, the, the, the ECU baseball program is honestly like that's what every other program is trying to model itself after to where you can get guys that will turn down some, some top-notch offers to come to your program, a program that is in Greenville, North Carolina, but because the program is so good, because the coaching staff is so good, because the coach uh, it's himself is so good, and the reputation precedes itself, um, shout out to him. So, Yeah, for sure. Shout out to him. Uh, Artie, I mean, he, he's from Oak Ridge, Northwest Guilford uh, hey. star. So. Did he go to Northwest Guilford? Oh, I did not know that. I did not know he was from Northwest Guilford. Yeah. Northwest Guilford, I mean, middle infielder North- played outfield. Our baseball program was good, but it was great. It might be, it might be different now, but it was never terrible. It was never bad. It was always a good program. So he's he's the number three outfield, um, the number three outfielder in the state of North Carolina, and number twenty outfielder in the country. Uh, 104th overall athlete or outfielder, I believe. No, 104th God, overall in the country. Just like uh, just so, like your alma mater, your high school. We some country fair boys. We know how to produce some athletes. So, 
Yeah, I mean, my, my high school, I mean, had some guys make it to the show. And all in all, I mean, that, that's a that's a big-time get for the Pirates. Uh, let's see if we can get Chance back in. Chance, if it, if it happens again. Went to the hot just, spot. We went to the hot spot. I, ch- I changed it. Okay, we, we I changed it all the way up, going to the hot spot. There you go. God. Uh. Chance, you want to talk about some of the transfers uh, out of ECU? Oh, yeah. Um, Jordan Little was a guy I definitely expected to leave. Um, highly talented. Got some real good stuff. Fastball's electric. He looked really good in the fall, you know, with the purple and gold. But he just couldn't really find his way with his really deep bullpen. And we're running it back again next year with a deep bullpen. So, I think he's doing good, you know, going to a school that's – Still in the rebuilding process at B, at Virginia Tech, and Miles Curley, I think he got hurt, medical red shirt. So, I mean, guys going down JUCO, same place Landy Gim was at. Awesome, yeah, and not to be confused with Central Florida, piss a bunch of Golden Knight fans off. Um, yeah. People didn't believe me when I when I said Central Florida hates that, and chance is gone again. <laughs> Man, chance is struggling. This is unprecedented. Um, all right, Artie, let, let's just roll through it. Um, yeah, let's let's roll. Let's roll. Ch- chance to join us back. He'll be back. I told you. So yeah. We're we're talking we're talking a little bit about all all the revenue sports tonight. Uh, we're going to talk some basketball. ECU will host USC Upstate in Greenville. They went 16-16 and 16 last mm-hmm. year. Also, I believe we will be hosting, what, what did we say, George Mason uh, out of the A-10. Artie, your thoughts on, on those two schedule announcements? I, I believe Campbell may have also been announced. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you, I guess you try to go through these these non-conference or out-of-conference meetings um, to try and engage where your team is at. You know, obviously, you know, ECU, because of basketball, is crapshoot. You know, we can, you know, we, we play teams we're supposed to beat and lose. We play teams that we're supposed to lose to and either put up a good fight or maybe even win. So ECU basketball is a crapshoot. But, um, you know, hopefully it is something that results in Ws, those, those you know, lineups and those, those matchups for us, you know, I do want to I, – I do see – I do want to shout out Reggie Williams. Looks like he was a promoted to assistant coach for men's basketball. I saw that earlier today, so I want to shout out him. Uh, don't know too much about his background, but saw that earlier today, so I want to give a shout out to Reggie Williams. Um, Re- but Reggie Williams, M- NBA player, right? Yeah. Was he an NBA player? Didn't he play for – didn't he play for the Golden State Warriors? I would not know. Pretty sure, yeah. To be honest. Pretty sure Reggie Williams just, played with, with, for Golden hey. State. Okay. Yeah, let's see. Went to went to VMI. Uh, yeah, he had a 11-year uh, basketball career. Golden State Warriors, Charlotte Hornets, Oklahoma City Thunder, San Antonio Spurs, and New Orleans Pelicans. So he was he was basically an NBA lifer. I mean, 11-year career, that's a that's a pretty damn good career. I mean, even if you're not a starter, if you can make it, yeah, I mean, in that association, you're pretty good. Yeah, I mean, two-time NBA D League All-Star, All NBA D League First Team in 2010, 
uh, two-time NCAA scoring season scoring leader. That's big. I had no idea about that. NCAA season scoring leader in basketball, Reggie Williams. Um, pr- pretty. That's big. what we got on the roster as an assistant coach for us. So shout out to Reggie Williams. Should be an absolute stud of an addition for us to you know come in and, and give those kids some knowledge, give them give them some game, some free game on on how to improve their basketball, not just skill but IQ. So shout out to that. But as far as the non-conference matchups, it is what it is. We'll see. You know, we don't we don't really know what ECU basketball is going to be right now, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think they'll be fine. Um, you got some pretty decent uh, transfers. You got the guy from Kansas, and then you're also waiting to hear about Cam Hayes transfer from LSU, waiting on his waiver to go through. Um, ECU notoriously has not had very good luck with with the NCAA transfer and waiver deal. I mean, seems like every time there's, there's a waiver that ECU needs, they get screwed. It just seems that way every single time. I don't know why. Um, probably because the NCAA hates us. Um, but that, that's just, I guess, part of it. Um, I'm trying to remember who's there was a time guy that we needed a waiver for, and then they wouldn't give it to him. Um, Name, the name escapes me, but I, I definitely remember back in like the 2014, 2015 era uh, of ECU basketball. But yeah, I mean, ECU, uh, uh, I like the team. RJ Felton going to be back. Got got some dudes coming back. So um excited about this basketball team. And Mike Schwartz and, and staff are, I mean, he's got a good staff. I mean, we talk about Reggie Williams. He's got a good staff. I'm liking what he's doing here at East Carolina. Um, I think there's a lot to be excited about for this basketball team. Hey, are are they gonna are they gonna make the big dance this year? Probably not. No, let's just... no, no. Let's 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 call a spade a spade. They're not they're not going to the dance. We just need to see progress. <laughs> no, nobody progress. But nobody saw FAU going to the Final Four last year at this time. Who knows? That's true. That is true. I'll give you that. Or San Diego State. <laughs> so, or uh, we'll what was that, that state? What was that team that beat? What was it? Iowa. Who beat Iowa? The 16 seed. FDU. I I saw that they came out with a new a new logo this week. Yeah, fairly Dickinson. Yeah, or Farley Dickinson, whatever. But I know it was something. It was something Dickinson. I know you're talking about Dickinson. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Hey, if they can do it. All you why not do, us? All you gotta do is the dance. Oh, you're right. All you gotta do is get to the dance. Anything can happen. But if we not get to the dance, we're not there. Just yet. gotta find a glass slipper. We're not. We're not there. We're not our women's basketball program just yet. We're not. We're not there yet. Do you see their bling? Do you see those rings? Those things are fire. I, I did not see the rings. Are they? Are they like that? I got. I got. Yeah. Those, those rings are. Those rings are really nice. Um. That that team's gonna be, be that team's gonna be good this again this year, a lot of a lot of returning yeah. talent there, yeah. Um, yeah. So, lot lots to be excited about on on the hard on the hardwood uh, coming for this winter. But um, people aren't here to listen to us talk about about ECU basketball in the twenty twenty two 
or I guess 2023-24 season. They want, I mean, people are gearing up. I think we got some like 50-something days until ECU football hits the grass and takes on Michigan in the big house. Oh, I can't wait. Trying to repeat, having another good season, becoming bowl eligible for the third straight year. I, I think it's going to happen, um, but let's let, let's talk let's talk some ball, Artie. Um, we we've lost Chance for the night. He, I think he's in the background listening. He, he said he doesn't want to deal with the internet. Um, what what about this staff and their recruiting over the last two weeks, three it's weeks? Phenomenal. They've been absolutely I mean, crushing it. It's like we recorded. And then all of a sudden, all these guys started committing. I mean, uh, there were so many guys that we didn't even take note of all of them in here. Um, but in three days, ECU picked up nine commitments. Big weekend in recruiting. I mean, absolutely huge. Uh, Kevon Merrill, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Three-star linebacker from Georgia. Sharquez Lee, another three-star linebacker. This one from Florida. I mean, Artie. EC, EC got some ballers, and uh, they got a lot of guys that, from what I'm hearing in the coaching staff, they're very excited about about the guys that are coming in in, in this class. Your thoughts? I mean, this this coaching staff, they, they understand the assignment, right? I mean, to have the kind of roster turnover that we had after this last season, you got to stay hungry. You got to stay poised. You got to go attack that transfer portal. You got to go attack it in recruiting. They understand, like they they understand the assignment. Like if I could give them, you know, if I could say anything about this coaching staff, they understand the assignment. They know they have to stay on their toes. They know they have to get after it. They know they have to retool and recalibrate and do what they got to do. And I feel like they've done that this offseason um, because, again, this coaching staff knows, you know, Coach Houston and the coaching staff, they know that, okay, we absolutely have to stay consistent. We just coming off a bowl win, a seven wins, or really an eight win season last year. You can't regress at this point. You got to keep it up. You got to you got to keep going. You got to stay consistent because a regress is going to lead to people getting fired. It's going to lead to turnover. It's going to lead to not good things for the program. So I, I'm just happy to see what they're doing as far as going out recruiting, going out and attacking the transfer portal, going out and getting a lot of these guys um, that are three and four star guys and coming in um, from your Georgias, from your Floridas. These states that just produce just absolute monsters when it comes to football. Uh, so I'm just happy to see it, to be honest with you. It's it's a good thing to see it. And it lets me know that not only do they care about the program, but they 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 bleed success and they want to win. And they want to win right now. They're not trying to, it's not about building anymore. It's about building off success. Like we were successful last year to a degree, and now we're trying to build off that and continue it and sustain it. So just happy to see what's going on. Yeah. And I think the one thing, so Artie, I was fortunate enough and um, I was fortunate enough to hang out with a friend of the podcast, a long time friend of the podcast. I think it was on episode eight or nine. I, I got my, I got my notebook here. Yeah. One of the what, OGs what, of New York podcast. What episode was he on? Uh, man. I mean, we, really we interviewed Coach Harold when I was in my old, old apartment when I was staying with Haley. So oh yeah, that was oh yeah, that was a long time ago. 
I mean, that's when we were still doing this thing in person. Yeah, yeah um, I was down school. I was damn near pre-COVID, wasn't it? No, I mean, we started this thing during COVID. Well, no, we started during COVID. Yeah. April 26th, 2020. Jesus. I mean, I think this was one of the first times where... Three years ago. That was over three years ago. And we've stayed in contact with him ever since. Coach Harrell, uh, I, I was in... I was in Emerald Isle. He he has a place down in Beaufort, and um, I just mentioned to him, "Hey, I'm I'm here. I'm going out to eat tonight with my my family in Beaufort. Let's grab a drink." He uh, he agreed, and so we we hung out for a little bit. And uh, one thing that he said that really stood out to me, and I don't want to get talk too much about the like it wasn't even an interview. It was just two guys hanging out. Granted, my wife was there, so she was getting bored by all the all the football talk that was happening. Even after I promised her I wasn't going to talk any football. Um, Jesus, my! I was about to say here. somebody is blowing you up, brother. It my my laptop is finally like, I guess catching up to everything. My laptop um, since the last time we recorded. And so all my text messages from the last two weeks are coming in. Uh, EC is the, is the number four uh, recruiting class in on, on 24-7 sports for, right now with 16 commits. Um, in, the, in the conference. Being three stars. So, but one of the things – yep. But one of the things that stood out to me when talking to Coach Harrell and – it sounds like it's true for the entire coaching staff. Um, this coaching staff has been together a very long time from when Mike Houston was at the Citadel, when they went to James Madison. I mean, Coach Harold and I talked about when they were tied with Alabama 10-10 going into halftime in Alabama at the Citadel. Um, we, we had that We had that conversation, but one thing he told me was, all of these guys have made Greenville their home. And I know that a coach is going to say that, right? Right. But right. Th- and anything can have, anything can happen. But he was like, we don't want to move. We're tired of moving. So he loves Greenville. And it sounds like the whole coaching staff feels that way. Um, now, granted, if Coach Houston goes 10-2 and two and gets a big uh, power five offer, when I don't know, Mac Brown finally decides to give it up again. Would not surprise me. But um Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're gonna keep doing their thing and, and this is probably one of the best this is probably one of the best recruiting staffs that ECU has had in a long time. Like we thought Scotty Montgomery was a decent recruiter, but this coaching staff knows how to recruit. And they're they're doing a lot of good things, and and I'm excited. Um, I'm excited for them. So, yeah, I mean, lots of good things happening on the recruiting side of football. Um, but Artie, let's uh, let's talk about this offensive line. I is is it wrong of me to be 
optimistic about this about this offensive line. I feel like every year we've said, "Oh no, like the offensive line's going to suck." But it finally feels like there's some there's some seniority on on this offensive line. There's guys that have been here for a, a year or two, three years on the offensive line that know know the scheme. They they know the game plan, and they know how to execute it. Is it wrong of me to be optimistic about this offensive line? I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's wrong of you at all. To be honest with you, I, I think I agree with you completely, one hundred percent. That in years past, we would have said, "Okay, the old line is that's 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 the one area where we're going to get shot in the ass, right? Like that's that's not our our strong point." But like you said, we got some guys that are coming back. We have some veteran guys. We have some good guys in the locker room that look like they can they can be real leaders. Um, as far as the old line, and I do feel like this is going to be one of our best units going forward into this year. Also, I'll also notice like the starting quarterback in Mason Garcia, he's a more mobile quarterback than Holton Ehlers was. Even though Holton could get out and, and do his thing and run, but I don't think there's going to be as much pressure on this old line to do what they needed to do for Holton because Mason, if Mason is given the keys and Mason is allowed to do what he needs to do, obviously, obviously he's going to be. In my opinion, it should be a, a simple offense for him. It should be a one, a two, and then, okay, go out and be Mason Garcia, right? Like, if you don't see what's open in the first two to three seconds, go out and do it. what made you great and what made you the highest recruit ever in ECU history, right? So I don't feel like there's going to be as much pressure on this O-line to hold and block and defend as long as they probably had to do for Holton because Holton was more of a pocket quarterback, more of a pocket passer. Um, now, granted, Holton was probably more accurate than Mason. But I do feel like that combination of having a dual threat quarterback in Mason Garcia who can get it done with his legs as well as his arm is going to benefit this O-line. And they are more skilled. They're more seasoned. They're older. They're not as bad as the O-lines we've had in years past. I do think that could be a deadly combination, to be honest with you. So I, I, I would absolutely agree with you that I'm optimistic about how this O-line is going to perform coming up this year. Yeah, and, I mean, we'll we'll talk more about the tight end room next week but i mean you've got shane calhoun who's a big body tyler savage um, who those both those guys can block and you've got honestly two running backs that are uh are, are pretty good at blocking as well i yeah. mean marlon gun and, and raji harris are, are pretty good at blocking so i mean mason's gonna have time and I think with that time, you, you got some speed in, in the wide receiver room. Yeah, you had some turnover. Like, yes, you're losing a five-year starter at quarterback. Yes, you're losing a guy that was the fastest man in college football. You're losing the, those pieces. But th there's a lot to be excited about on, on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I, I think the offensive line – is going to, I think they're going to set the tone. Those guys are the big nasties. I, I love being on the field standing next to them because they just tower over me. And I, I mean, I'm the fucking trees, they are ginormous. I mean, I, I'm, uh, I mean, I, I'm six one, six two, and these guys are like, I'm looking up to them. And I mean, yeah. not to mention they're. They're 325 and it's all muscle. I mean, it's they could throw me around like a rag doll. Um, 
So real, really excited. I, I mean, go ahead. Oh, my bad. I, I was just going to say, hot. this might be a hot take, but I will say for the first time in a long time, I think the unit that has the most to prove on the offensive side of the ball coming up this year is the wide receiver room. I think that's going to be the unit that has the most to prove, which hasn't been the case in a long time. But I think that's that that's the unit we go. We're going to see what these receivers are about because we lost, we lost a lot of good receivers. We're going to see what that receiver room is, is looking like this year. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's there's a lot to prove there, but I think the team that is or the room that's being most overlooked, and we're going to talk about all of this over the next couple of weeks. What? Like in my opinion, the team that's being most overlooked or the the room is that running back room. I, I think that I mean Marlon Gunn. Well, I, I was just I was just saying most approved. I, I agree that the running back room is getting overlooked because I think they'll be better than the wide receiver. Room. I, I just I, I think that a lot of people they're gonna the running back room is gonna show a lot of people that hey we had a three headed monster not just a two headed monster last year right. and when when Rajay went down with with the ACL injury Marlon Gunn came in filled that role when Keith Mitchell was injured Marlon Gunn carried the weight like and. I don't know. I don't know if Marlon Gunn ever got a got a touchdown. I think every week we said, "Oh, he's going to get a touchdown this week." I don't know if he ever got one last year, but I, I he's he's going to get several this year. But I, I don't want to talk too much about about the running backs or any of the wide receivers just yet. We got a couple weeks. We're going to talk more about it uh, over the next couple weeks um, for sure. But uh, the next opponent. So we're, we're once again we're going in reverse order. The next opponent, Artie, it's a big one. Tulane. Tulane. Preseason number 19 in the country. Like, I don't understand how a team who has a lot of returning talent all over the place and quite honestly was probably a top – Six or seven team. Uh, I don't. I can't remember what they finished last year. Top six or seven team in the country. I don't know how you drop them all the way to to number nineteen. I mean, I know how they're in the American. That that's what they're going to say. Right. But I don't. I don't know how you drop a team that I mean has that much talent on the ball, has that much experience that's coming back. That I mean, beat the Heisman Trophy winner. Like, I don't know how you say that they are the 19th best team in the country well, when they proved it last year. Well, my, my, my thing is, I mean, where, where were they going to be? Top 10? They weren't going to be top 10. They weren't going to be top 15. I think I think 19 is fair. I think 19 is fair to, for, for Tulane. They're in the top 20. They If they have another magical run in them, they're going to move up. They're obviously going to get up there. They're going to create. I mean, starting at 19 at the beginning of the year, you haven't done nothing. It's not that bad. So if, if Tulane runs off a magical season, they're going to finish in the top ten. They're going to finish maybe with a, with a New York six, New Year six, if not something better. So I, I think nineteen is fair because nobody, when you're looking at it, yes, obviously people expected USC to beat Tulane. A lot of people and a lot of your writers and a lot of people that that do these lists that we all think is is bullshit. They believe it was a fluke. They don't think Tulane should have beat USC. They think beating USC was a fluke. They think Caleb Williams and USC and Lincoln Riley is a much better team. 
and Tulane was just a better team that day. So, and that's and that's exactly how they feel. I'm just just being honest with you. That's how they feel. Um, but this is a phenomenal, phenomenal football team. You got Pratt coming back. You have a lot of returning stars coming back. This should be your favorite to win the American. Clear favorite to win the American. Not saying that they can't be beat, but they absolutely should be the favorite to win the American Conference this year. Um, and I root for Tulane. Honestly, I, I, I kind of do. I, outside of playing us, like I, I really do hope Tulane succeeds. That's that's a team that I root for. You know. So, I, but I think 19 is fair. I don't. I don't think 19 is something that's like unfair preseason ranking for Tulane. Okay. I mean, I, I just don't understand. I mean, if it's we, we see it year in and year out, a team that doesn't pr- like that has to prove a lot. But, but and, where do you, where do you want them? Like, where do you want them to sit? If not, if not 19, where do you think Tulane should be? I, I want them in the top 15. I want them in the top 15. Okay. I mean, not saying they don't deserve that, but 19 really isn't that bad either. I mean, it's not bad. I would, hell, if ECU was in the top, it was 19, I'd love it. 19 at zero and zero before you've done anything. That's not, yeah. that's not bad. But uh, let, let's run through this uh, Tulane football schedule. Um, they start off at home. Got South Alabama, and then the next week they host again. I, I don't know if again is the right. I don't think they played them last year. I know they've played them quite a bit. But right. They're gonna the next week they're at home. They got number twenty two team, the number twenty two team in the country coming in, Ole Miss. I mean, that I mean you got the number twenty two team in the country coming in week two. I mean you're that's a top twenty five matchup early in the season. And that's that's going to be a good one. Then they got to go on the road at Southern Miss. I mean, Tulane lost to Southern Miss the week after beating Kansas State. I got in a, I was in my uh, one of my annual Twitter arguments earlier today with some fan of a Sun Belt team. I don't know which one. I don't really care. Um, who was like, oh well, Southern Miss, our our number three team beat your your conference champion. And I was like, yeah, ECU also the number seven team in the American last year, beat your runner up. Like who cares? I mean, they were looking past Southern Miss because nobody gives a damn about playing Southern Miss. Look, Southern Miss is going to be a good football team this year. I think, I think that they may push for a conference title. Tulane. I'm going to say Tulane goes in there and beats them. Uh, Tulane's going to go in and beat Southern Miss at, at Southern Miss in Hattiesburg. The the volleyball stadium that Brett built. Not the volleyball stadium. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh the real ones now. <laughs> oh, never mind. And then um then they host Nichols uh I guess I was gonna say Nichols State, but I guess it's just Nichols. Um say nipple state, what is that? It's too late for that, Artie. This is po- Boneyard <laughs> Podcast after dark. Um, no, I mean, they host Nichols. I, I think at worst, at worst through four games, two lanes, three and one. I would absolutely agree with that. Yeah, I mean, 
And if I could be completely honest, looking at the schedule, it's a very favorable schedule. Yeah. Until, it's, a, until, it's a very favorable schedule. I mean, they have they have a chance to run the table. Chance and I were talking before before the podcast started. Um, we, we were talking about Tulane, and we he I think he said that he could see them potentially going undefeated. I, I'm not sure about that, but the way it sets up, they play a bunch of good teams. But the good thing is, is they get them all at home. They right. get them all at home. I mean, outside of Southern Miss, you get them all at home. Ole Miss and UTSA both at home. Very, very favorable setup for the Green Wave. And the Ole Miss game, I mean, that's that's their second game of the season If I, when, I, when I'm looking at it here. So it's like if, if they get past Ole Miss – I don't really think – I mean, they beat Mississippi. Yeah, they may have a little bit of a hangover, but going to the Southern Miss game the next week, I think they, they take care of business against Southern Miss. Um, UAB might be a little bit of a – somewhat of a game. Tulane should handle that. Tulane and Memphis. I think Tulane, I think Memphis is going to get Tulane one of the better games that they have all year, but Tulane should win that game. North Texas Rice wins. Then you got us. Then you got Tulsa win. Florida Atlantic should be a win. And UTSA. So, I mean, after – Oh Miss, I would say us and UTSA is the toughest opponents. Yeah, they can absolutely run the table. They can absolutely run the table. I, I think I think a ten and two season is kind of a disappointment for Tulane. So eleven and one. I, I see eleven and one. I, I think they drop one. I don't know who that one's going to be because I'm not going to say it's going to be Ole Miss, but I think they go eleven and one. Could they go? 13 if they go let me ask you Tulane goes 13 and 0 12 and 0 through the through the regular season after what they go last year 10 and 2 or was yeah. it they went 10 what, and 2 yeah uh, I, I think they did go 10 and 2 and they went to the American won the American and went to yeah so I think they actually finished like 12 and 2 overall let's see last year Computers loading. Um, they either went, they went, yeah, they went twelve and two with a loss to UCF and a loss to Southern Miss. Here we go again with a bunch of more, a bunch more text. I mean. Beat us twenty four to nine. That was a, that was an embarrassing game. Um, that was the day we brought home Ficklin. Fun fact, but I mean the two games that they lost twenty seven to twenty four and thirty eight to thirty one. I mean yeah. they so beat very Cincinnati fourteen and zero. Beat Cincinnati twenty seven to twenty four. Blew out SMU last year fifty nine to twenty four. Beat beat Tulsa last year, 27-13. Memphis was tight. I mean, Memphis was 38-28. Yeah, Memphis um, Memphis gonna give them a game. That's that's gonna be a game. Houston beat them in overtime last year. Uh, like I said, beat Kansas State. I mean, a team that ended up winning. Did they end up winning the they won the conference? Big 12? 
Did they win the Big 12? Or no, did TC? Then they got embarrassed against Alabama in the uh, Cotton Bowl or Sugar Bowl, one of those. Yeah, they won the Big 12, though. Beat At some point, beat TCU, who – yeah, they beat TCU in, in the Big 12 championship game, 31-28. That, that was a hell of a game. And then, yeah, it got blown out by Alabama um, in the in the Sugar Bowl. I mean, Tulane's a good team. I'm, I'm excited about them. And I, I think one of my hottest takes is I think ECU beats – Two out of the three of SMU, UTSA, or Tulane. That's going to be my hot take of the year. They're going to win two of those three games. Okay. You got Tulane at home. You got Tulane at home. I believe SMU is also at home. Um, I I think you – that's going to be my hot take this year. My hot take last year – was that ECU was going to win 10 games. It didn't happen. Very close to happening, to be honest with you. With the way scores worked close. out. Close. With the way that the scores worked out, it was close to happening. ECU was in a lot of close games last year. Um, I, I think ECU wins two out of those three games against SMU, okay. Tulane, and UTSA. And then... I'm gonna be honest with you, Artie. I'm not. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say anything else because I'm. I don't want to. I don't want to give anything away for what I'm thinking later on in, in a couple weeks when when we talk about some okay. other teams. Um, okay. But I, I've got some other thoughts and some other hot takes that may get me in some hot hot water on on social media. But honestly, who gives a fuck? Um, but Tulane's win total this season is set at nine and a half. I'm taking that over. I'm taking the over. Yeah, I'm definitely taking the over on that. I, I think they absolutely get ten wins. Um, I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say eleven and one with that schedule. That's a very favorable schedule. I, I say eleven and one. I like. I know they lost Spears. Spears Spears is a huge blow. I mean, that's one of the best. One of the best running backs in the country last year. Top three, top five running back, whatever you want to say. But. And that's a huge blow. But, yeah, I, I think with that schedule, anything less than 10 wins is kind of a disappointment for them. Yeah, I mean, you got Michael Pratt back, who is probably a top 10 quarterback in the country right now, in my opinion. And a lot of analysts agree with that. And, and what's are the returning quarterbacks? Um, Jaquan Jackson, I mean – they had 33 receptions for 554 yards and three touchdowns last year. Um, then you got who else? Lawrence Keys coming back. Center Sincere Hainsworth. And then defensive back Jarius Monroe. All these guys, I mean, they they played a huge part in Tulane's Cinderella season last year. And I, look, this is last year, the type of season that they had last year propels teams and prepare propels schools and programs to repeat that. And once you have one, you start kind of, it's kind of like a snowball and you start having more and more. And then you become a UCF, a Cincinnati, a Houston, right? 
Look, I thought last year was going to be ECU's year. But why not this year? But I still I still believe. And I, watch me watch me be wrong and ECU go 0-3 in those games. Very well could happen. But ECU is going to beat two out of the three. I'm not saying they're going to beat Tulane. I'm not going to say which ones I think. I just think it's two, out of, two out of the three. That's all. Okay. Hey, if I'm hedging it by saying that, I don't know which ones they're going to win, but they're going to win two out of three. Okay. Okay. I mean, do you, do you, how do you feel about that? I, I think, I, honestly, I think the SMU one is the most favorable matchup for us. And then to me, if we had UTSA at home, that would be so much better. But going to the Alamo Dome, and with the recent success that that San Antonio has had, I really feel like that's going to be such a different atmosphere. We've been we've been to big atmospheres before. We're going to the big house before we go to UTSA. But that I, I don't know. I just it just feels like that's a that's a trap game for ECU. That it feels like a doesn't really. I don't feel good about the UTSA game. Let me be honest with you. I don't feel good about that. That just doesn't feel like a favorable matchup for us going into San Antonio. But having I think I think SMU is a win. I will, I'll go ahead and say that. And then Tulane at home, it really just depends on what Tulane's out now. Tulane's rolling. They top 15. They undefeated or with one loss at that time. Eh, I don't know. It kind of just depends on where both programs are at at that, that point in the season because that's a later game. Um, but the UTSA matchup, honestly, is the one that scares me the most out of those three. Mm, the UTSA one. Yeah. And it's because it's on the road? It's on the road. Yeah, I mean, Tulane's going to be the better team, but I kind of know what to expect from Tulane this year. The UTSA one, that's... Artie, over a four-week stretch, EC plays SMU, Charlotte, UTSA, and Tulane. Next week, we're going to... It's a gauntlet. Next week, we're going to talk about UTSA. Let me ask you, If ECU going into SMU is four and one, how big of a game is that going to be? ECU SMU on a Thursday night that's, under that's, the lights in Downey Ficklin Stadium. ECU SMU. If ECU's full ESPN, and I, I expect SMU to be around the same. I mean, geez. That would that would be that should be one of the bigger games in recent memory in Dowdy under the lights. That should be and, and it's a Thursday night game. It's, you're by yourself. You're literally by yourself. Yeah. You might be competing with one Thursday night football game in, in NFL, but outside of that, you're by yourself. You own the networks. So yeah, that, that game should be huge. If it shapes up that way. Hmm. And I hope it does. I really do. I hope I hope it does. And you, I mean, I don't know. We're getting ahead of ourselves. We're gonna we're gonna talk about all this, man. We're gonna, we're, we're gonna, gonna talk, talk about it all. Just imagine. Imagine. I'm I'm pulling up real quick. What's the Thursday night game that week? For the NFL, that's a tough. That's a tough matchup. Who is it? I mean, maybe it's not so bad. 
It, it's Broncos Chiefs. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're not beating Broncos Chiefs. We're not, we're not beating Broncos. Not even close. But, look, so, your, diehard, your diehard college football fans are going to tune into that game. And for sure. if Broncos Chiefs is a blowout, which it could be a blowout by the third quarter, because Broncos sucked last year, you could be getting all the viewership over to us. So who knows? Mm. Who knows? But Broncos Chiefs, yeah, that's a hell of a matchup right there. That's Wilson versus Mahomes. Yeah, that's a, that's a good matchup. Also, I, I got too excited to talk about Tulane. Forgot to mention when we were going over our O-line, some notable transfers on the o- offensive line. Dustin Hall out of USF, um, followed the offensive line coach here to East Carolina. Owen Murphy um, out of Akron. Took big reps. I believe he's a re- – I think he's a senior transfer. I don't, I don't, I don't have it right in front of me. Um Let's see. Owen Murphy is a yep senior transfer, redshirt senior, out of Akron. An, another big Akron transfer on the offensive line, Ryan Beckman. Looks like he's going to be on the second string, but um, a lot to be excited about once again about the offensive line. But, Artie, um, let's move along. Anything else on Tulane? Anything else on the offensive line? I think we, think we spoke enough. We'll go get back into it later. All right. Let's go to questions. Let's do it. Let's do NC Pirates first. He's got a couple questions for us. All right. Was the lack of drafted players free agent signing an indication of the talent on this year's team? I'm going to assume that he's talking about baseball, considering the baseball draft just finished. Um, I don't know if it is an indication of, of the lack of talent or of the talent on the, this past year's team. I'm not going to say that. I think it may be a product of an underwhelming, kind of an underwhelming season for, for ECU. I mean, it just never did this season feel like it was honestly really our year. Yeah. It just never felt that way. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not going to say it's an indication of the talent. I, I just think that it was an indication of nobody was really a breakout star. I mean, you didn't really have a a, a Bryson Worrell or a Gavin Williams or, I mean, the list goes on and on, Alec Burleson this year. Um Connor Norby, you didn't have that. You, you didn't really have that guy that stood out to you. Um, yeah, and then he asked, what does AMAC do? Um, to be honest, I, I don't know. I, I really don't. Because um, I think AMAC, chance, a, AMAC, he, he's what, a junior? Chance, I'm just going to bring you back in. Uh, I want your answer because you, you said your fuck no is your answer. Okay, Chance is back out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> the title of this podcast, 
Not a chance. Not, not yes, yes, that's it. No, it, it can't be another. It can't be another title. It's got to be that. It's not a chance. <laughs> Galaxy brain. Love it. All right, chance. Are you back? You, you don't have to turn your camera on. Just talk. No, I'm I, I'm telling you, it keeps freezing, and it I can hear you, and I try to type, and then it's stuck. So I had to click out and come back in before. I kicked out again. All right. What does AMAC do? And then give your answers to NC Pirate. AMAC's back. Uh, AMAC's back. I, I think yeah, so too. I mean, he's not, unless he transfers out, unless there's, unless Dixon Williams is getting his job, which I don't think AMAC's coming back. Too much yeah, talent. I don't see the that. gold glove is, he's just a vacuum at third base. Switch hitting whenever he's healthy. You got to remember he went through that surgery preseason so you, that's got to be a big mental and physical aspect of his game this year was just was just off um and to the to the draft question no that does not talk about our talent level um we didn't really have that many draft eligible guys that really even felt like they were going to be drafted outside of Josh Moreland and Josh Gross I mean Will Coxon was there but he doesn't he doesn't fit the pro style of baseball yet. He needs another year of full time catching. And Landon Ginn was another one that was questionable. Um, he's got to work on a lot more off speed pitches. He's got fastball, changeup, and then I think a curveball slider deal. Just not enough to be drafted yet. So that nothing to do with talent. There you have it. Um, and then the next question he asks. Are we going to organize a pirate invasion in Ann Arbor? And by we, the Boneyard Podcast. Artie's going to be there. Now, Artie. What's up? I'm going to give you a chance. And speaking of chance, he's gone. Um, Not a chance. Not a chance. Artie, uh, will you be wearing... Purple and gold or maize and blue? Or maize and really? More both. Yeah. And it might, it might be it might be a game time decision. Like I might go with my alma mater or I might go with maize and blue. I don't really know yet. I'm gonna be honest with you. But what I can tell you is that I don't care about the outcome. This is one football game where I don't give a damn about who wins. I don't care. I'm happy either way. ECU wins is one of the greatest upsets of all time. That's my alma mater. That's who I paid money to go to school to. I'm happy. If Michigan wins, we're on the track back to a national championship, hopefully, to another playoff. So I'm going as a fan. Now, can we all congregate as pirates in, in Ann Arbor? Absolutely. I'll be there. Hit your boy up. Let's let's all congregate. Let's get together. Let's tailgate. Let's do the damn thing. I, I am. Don't ask I me am, why we win. I don't care. I'm not sure whether I will be there in attendance or not. Granted, I mean, I, I will have a four-month-old baby at that time. My, my daughter will uh, be turning four that weekend, that that day, four months old, that day. Um, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'll be there. But what I will say is there's a chance. I mean, there's a chance. There's always a chance I might be there. And if I am, let's fucking do it. Let's do it. Let's do the damn thing. Let's do it. Blow it up. Hell, maybe Artie and I will do if he's wearing amazing amazing blue, 
We're not doing it. Maybe we'll do a live podcast. We've talked about doing a live podcast for a long time. Here's, here's maybe, maybe, we go, maybe we take over Graders in downtown, downtown Ann Arbor. Yes. And do a live Boneyard podcast. Yes. Graders has uh, good ice cream, I hear. So. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm actually thinking about not even wearing nobody's colors. I'm actually just thinking about like just wearing black, some shit like that, and just it just showed up to the game. Because re- I'm conflicted. This is my very first Michigan game that I've ever gone to. I've been a Michigan fan since I was four years old. All right, I'm talking about 24 years of fandom here. But my alma mater is ECU. I love purple and gold. That's what I bleed. So I really am thinking about just showing up just in some black. And it's like, I'm just here. I'm just at the game. I'm not wearing nobody's colors. Artie's going to show up to the game looking like Rob Lowe wearing the NFL hat. <laughs> Oh, so, man. Who knows? It's game time decision. Hit up Artie on, on Twitter and tell him he better wear it purple and gold or he's a pussy. Hey, that's All fair. Right. That's right. All right. Uh, next question. This, this might take a, take a second. What is our dream 10 school conference for East Carolina? And it, it has to be, like, reasonable. It has to be reasonable. I actually wrote this down before the show. So, I actually, I actually wrote mine down. So, I, I do have a list here. I, I'm going to go off the dome. I, I, I can do it off the dome. Okay. All right. Do you want to – how do you want to do this? You, you want to just go back and forth with it? I'll take one. You take one. And it can, we can have the same ones. It doesn't matter. That's fine. We can roll. If we agree, just say I agree, and at the end we will uh, we'll read off our our top ten conference. And ECU is one of those ten, so we need nine teams, right? Right. Exactly. All right. Let me let me make sure I'm taking notes of this. All right. Ten team conference. Number one. NC State. I didn't have that on my list, but that was that was one of what I was considering. I mean, NC State. I, I think I, I, you have the rivalry. Then you have the game. Mm-hmm. They can't duck us. NC State. Artie. Only reason why I didn't go NC State because I was trying to just do reasonable, like realistic things, and I know NC State would never be in a conference with us. They'll, they'll never do it. They won't do it. I know that. But I mean, uh, until Carolina joins the Big Ten or SEC, then no. But when when that eventually happens, which it will happen, yeah, I think eventually, um, then then we can talk. I'm gonna right. go app. App. Okay. Absolutely. I also have app. So uh, that'll be. I guess that'll be my number two team. Okay. Um. Number so I'll I'll give another team. Um Coastal Carolina. Yep. That was my third. What's your second? Uh second would be Tulane. Okay, I like it. Um I didn't have them in mind. Mainly because I'm thinking more regional, but also like good matchups. Oh, mine's, mine's kind of it's because 
to me, regions are dead. So I'm going nationally. I'm just yeah. But it, this is my dream conference, Artie. Don't don't shatter my well, dreams. Realistic too. We can't just be dream. If, if I were to give you my dream conference, it's not going to be realistic. Well, so. yeah, I'm being realistic. Like I I I don't think it's that far fetched. If Clemson and Chapel Hill and someone like Duke or a Florida State or a Miami leave the yeah. ACC, that the ACC doesn't come calling on East Carolina. Yeah. I don't think it's that far-fetched. And I don't think NC State's getting a call from the SEC, the Big 12, the Big 10. I don't think they're getting a call. And if they got a call from the Big 12, they better hang up the phone because I, I really don't think it matters at that point. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go... And this may be where it's a little less realistic. Give me West Virginia. I have West Virginia on mine. Yeah, I got I got WVU. Yeah. Okay. So who's who's your next? Uh, Marshall. Yeah, I got Marshall. Um, because I'm gonna have WVU. I gotta have Marshall too in there. Right. Yeah, you got to. Um. Yeah. And honestly, like you can, you could consider just adding Pitt in there as well. I didn't think about Pitt. That's cool. Um, I'm not going to add Pitt though. Who I am going to add? Mm, I guess I can't really say like if EC is going to be in a conference with NC State, it's going to be because of UNC being gone, and then adding UNC in my into my conference. Um, I'm going to go Liberty. Ooh. Okay, I like the Liberty pickup. I didn't think about Liberty. Um, who am I next? Are we even keeping numbers right now? We were on five or six or something like that. I've got six. Okay, so this this would be my sixth pick. Um, I told you mine, mine's not regional; it's national. So I'm going to San Diego State. <laughs> imagine, imagine that flight. Like you play, Regions you are play, dead. Regions are dead. Yeah, you play you play San Diego State at ten o'clock Eastern time. <laughs> you lose on a last second field goal, and you have to get on a four hour flight back to Greenville, North Carolina, flying into. Hey, look, they, you're they probably flying into football. RDU at that point, but they do it. They do it. They do it in the National Football League. Yeah, but those planes are a little bit different than some of the planes these guys are going on. <laughs> These guys are millionaires, so yeah, like those guys are getting cryogenic or they're getting that cool therapy on the plane and shit. <laughs> These guys are lucky to get two boxes of Chick Fil A instead of one when they leave a game. I'm just, I'm just thinking about how cool it would be to be in a conference with San Diego State. I just think that would be cool. So, um, all right, give I'm gonna, I'm gonna take SMU. That's also the one I had. I had SMU. Okay. So I got one, two, three, four, five, six. I got seven. Okay. Um, I need two more. Yep. Mm. There's one I really want, but it's not realistic at all. Um like I, I would love to have South Carolina. 
Oh, yeah. That's never going to happen. But yeah. It's never going to happen, but like, I would love to be in a conference with South Carolina. I think that's yeah. just a, a great matchup. Um, give me... Since I'm staying kind of, I'm staying trying to stay as regional as possible. Yeah, I just went off the board and got SMU. Uh, maybe I'm gonna take James Madison. Got that rivalry with Liberty. Madison. I was thinking James Madison. I ain't put him on my list, but I was thinking JMU. And that's that's actually very realistic. That could actually happen. All right. Go. Uh, What am I on? Number nine. No, you should be on number eight. I don't number know. eight. Uh, Memphis. Yeah, I got I got Memphis down here. I think I think staying in the conference with Memphis is good because Memphis is going to work their way back up. They're going to be maybe a good football program. So I, I was I'm on the fence about it, but yes, I'm also going to take Memphis. I think that there's a little rivalry building there with ECU yeah. and Memphis. Two yeah. seasons back to back, going to overtime. ECU beats them both times. Last year, four overtimes. I mean, I, I think that a case could be made. North Carolina, I mean, you got the very east part of North Carolina, and you got the very west part of Tennessee. I mean, give yeah, I'll, I'll take Memphis, and I think that could be a, a good rivalry. Um, another team that I would possibly consider. Can I, can I get rid of one? Can I, can I just get rid of one? Sure. I'm going to get rid of – you know who I'm going to get rid of? I'm going to get rid of – I'm going to get rid of – I'm going to get rid of Coastal. Okay. Coastal? That's a good one. I like Coastal. Yeah, I'm going to get rid of Coastal, and I'm going to replace them. And I, I'm think I'm thinking of rivalry like rivalry day. Maybe I should keep Coastal and get rid of SMU. Um, but I'm thinking getting rid of Coastal, bringing in, bringing in UAB, who can be a rival with SMU, and they already have the what is it the what what's their battle of the bones with Memphis? Yeah. Is, is that them? So, so that that's kind of where I'm I'm at. So UAB or Coastal, those two are interchangeable. Um, okay. One of those two. That I know it's kind of the cheap way out. Your last one, and then I'll, then I'll read off chances. Um, I'm on. I'm on nine or ten. This is your last one. This is nine. Okay. We're. we're Damn, I feel like I gotta. I feel like I gotta put a team from Texas in there, but I also had another one on my list too. Yeah, I'm gonna go UTSA. Okay. UTSA. I gotta. I gotta have. I gotta have one school from Texas in there. That honestly, yeah, like fuck it. SMU's out. UTSA in. <laughs> like it. My other one was actually South Florida because South Florida pisses me off. They're in a great market. They're in Tampa. If they can ever figure it out, they can be a great program. 
All right, how about this? I mean, we don't who wants a 10 team conference? Let's do just do 12 teams. We got a 12 team conference. I'm putting South Florida in there for my All right, so South Florida's in for yours. I'm going to take one of chances. Virginia Tech. Yeah. That's another one I was thinking of. I just don't think it's realistic because I don't think VTech would ever join in the conference with us. But once again, if all hell breaks loose in the ACC, there you go. True. Virginia Tech's not going anywhere. All right. NC State at West Virginia, Marshall, Liberty, UTSA, JMU, Memphis, UAB, Coastal, and Virginia Tech. Chances State, UNC, Marshall, Virginia Tech, UTSA, ECU, Memphis, Tulane, App, Coastal, SMU, and Southern Miss. Art, Artie, do you remember yours? Oh, God. I had SMU, Tulane, Coastal, West Virginia, Marshall, App, ECU, San Diego State. Uh, who else is that? South Florida. And that's all I remember. All right. And then uh, I, th- I think I think that's it. Uh, you got to walk the plank. I hear Ficklin crying outside my office. <laughs> nah, I got to walk the plank. We've actually gone long, and I thought we were going to go. So yes, yeah, it's, it's getting late. I got, I got, I got two. Well, hold uh, on. I will say the All Star game sucked last night, but that's that's the, the All Star game and Home Run Derby are atrocious. I didn't watch either of them. Sucked. I, I didn't even realize the home run derby was on. Well, it was on was. Monday and Tuesday night. Who does that? It's awful. And the home run derby needs to go back to being ten outs. Let us watch the watch the balls fly out, out of the stadium. No, none of this clock thing. I hate it. Also, did you see the kid get nailed in the face? I did, no, I did not. I should be laughing, but no, I didn't. I didn't see that. <laughs> you know how they have the kids in the outfield yeah. shagging fly balls? I think Vlad Guerrero hit one and it hit the kid in the face. He just was it, dropped. Was it like a streamline or was it like lofted up? No, it I mean it was it was pretty high up there. Oh well then that's the kid's fault. Yeah like dude get your glove off. Yeah get your hands up come on slow feet don't eat come on baby that's an E7 right there um all right my other one the whole northwestern debacle Oh yeah, Pat Fitzgerald and yeah, hazing yeah. allegations and yeah. all of that, yeah. um, all of that. I'm not going to get into it. But lastly, the last one, I'm going to I'm going to do chances for him since he's not here anymore. The tickets to the App State game being 130. dollars We know why they did it. We know why they did it. Super Bowl. We know why they did it. They play UNC and the tickets are 65. Play us and it's 130. 130? 130. Come on now. They don't want us in Boone, bro. They know we're going to take over that fucking city. They don't want us there. We're going to take over Boone. We're going to burn the damn thing to the ground. And then we're going to walk into your high school football stadium and take that thing over too. All right? So – I'm sorry. Don't get your panties twisted. Smoke a little more weed and then come to the game. All right. You're gonna get walk, you're gonna walk the damn plank, and we're gonna beat your ass. There we go. 
Now, granted, that's a hell of a drive from Greenville to Boone, North Carolina. That is an awful drive. But we would still take over. What is it, five hours? I mean, it's got to be between five and six hours. Oh, Absolutely. It's got I mean, you're talking about east coast near the, near, the, near the beach all the way to the mountains of North Carolina. It's a hell of a drive. Let's see. Now, we got a lot of Pirate fans in between. So, mm-hmm. but we know why they did it. They don't want us taking over their little small ass mountain town. Already, it's not as bad as you would think. It was it four and a half? It's four hours and 15 minutes. I was not, uh, okay. I thought it was much worse. I thought it was like between five and six hours. No, it's, all, it's only it's not that bad. It, it, yeah, it's not that bad. I, I'm not going to complain about that. Um, all right. Anything else? Otherwise, let's get to uh, the announcements. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the Boneyard Podcast on YouTube, where we'll be posting this episode along with future episodes and all other content that we're doing. Um, also, stay tuned for a major announcement. We're going to drop an announcement. We haven't decided on a day yet. We're going to drop one in the coming weeks. It'll be probably by the end of the month. We've got we've got a big announcement coming. Um, big for the brand. Big for the brand, and everybody knows we're 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 big on the we're big on the Boneyard brand, and uh, yeah, big announcement coming. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm excited about it. Already, I don't know if I've been this excited about an announcement ever, and th- I'm excited about this one. Hey, look, just to see how far we've come to now, love it. Love it. That's all I'm gonna say. I just I love I love to see the growth. Mm, God, I want I, I want to say it so badly, but we're gonna keep it. We're gonna keep it a secret. We're gonna keep a secret. All right, our our mouth is shut, lips are zipped, and uh, we're gonna call it a night. Already say the damn thing. Hey, till next time, Power Nation. We love you. Wash your hands. Wash your butt. And. Uh, R.I.P. Chance and his internet, but we'll have him back next time we we see you guys. Deuce! Peace!